0: Morning. Uh, we started uh, three Sundays ago <laughs> uh, a series called Identity Theft. Uh, Irma interrupted us uh, with no service one day, and then uh, last week we just decided we were just going to uh, share our stories of how we saw God working. So we're going to get back to Identity Theft here today. Now, you know, I think most of us would think that uh, identity theft is a new crime. It isn't. Uh, Paul writes all about it in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, he says this. For though we, though you and I, we live in the world... We as Christians do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, the weapons that we fight with, that God has made available to us, they have what kind of power? Divine power. And uh, the word power in Greek is dunamis, from which we get our word dynamite. (laughs) The weapons God has given to us have divine power to demolish what? Strongholds. We're going to think about that word today because that's not a word that we use very much. Now, the Corinthians, uh, Paul purposely chose that word because uh, Corinth was uh, on a, a narrow land bridge, so it was sea level pretty much about 30 feet sea level but overlooking the city of Corinth was a hill 1800 feet high and the Corinthians had built a fortress on the top of that hill to defend their city now at times the enemies would their enemies would take control of that stronghold and what happened then? Whoever controlled that high place, that stronghold, controlled the city. And friend, I want to say to you today that there are strongholds in our life, okay, that the enemy goes after. And I want to say to you further, based on God's word, that there are times when the world, the flesh, the devil, the enemies of our soul, the, the, the forces that don't want us to be close to God, they can take control of those strongholds. And here's the tragedy. We may not even realize it at all. We may not even have a clue. That's the bad news. And we're going to talk about that today, but we're going to talk about the good news because the good news is that Jesus Christ has gives, gives to us divine power to demolish those strongholds and to set us free. Now, see, first we've got to realize that this can happen to us in our life. So let's define strength, stronghold, okay? Uh, a biblical, uh, biblically, let's, let's define that. And I came up with my own definition, all right? So it's right. Okay, all right. What's a stronghold? A stronghold is a subtle deception that leads to spiritual destruction. It's a subtle deception. And friend, this is just so important for us to realize when we're deceived, we don't realize we're being deceived, because if we realized we were being deceived, we wouldn't be deceived, right? So you see, there are times in our life when we're deceived. Are we aware of it? Hmm. No. And let me give you the, an example, okay. Most women in the world think they're overweight. Most women in the world think that they are overweight, when most of the time they're not. Now the flip side of that is, men don't have a clue. (laughs) They don't think they're they think they're a hunk (laughs) when they're not, and I have the proof now guys I just want to say if you wear a speedo you have been deceived you, you have been been duped by the devil now that's a silly example these verses aren't talking about something that's so silly as swimsuit deception all right and there's a lot of that going on all right we're not going to talk about that these verses are talking about something is far more serious and deadly, spiritual deception. And friend, the reality is that the enemies of our soul, the world around us and the enemy of God and even our own sinful nature, they deceive us to believe things that lead to spiritual deception. Now ID theft, identity theft is one of the fastest growing crimes I'm sure some of you here today you got a call from credit card company or or notice something okay and the reality is that it's likely if you haven't yet been the victim of identity theft you will be every one of us probably will be a victim of identity theft Our, our true identity will be stolen by someone else that's bad but here's what's worse the world the flesh the devil they try to steal our true identity as a child of god and as a follower of jesus christ and and a stronghold is when we believe that and, and we believe something that hinders our relationship with god it, we believe something that, that says, well, I can't be all that, I, I, that God wants me to be. That's a stronghold. Now, it's a subtle deception that leads to spiritual destruction. Now, here's, the, here's that side of it. The sad reality is that most people don't think that the spiritual part of us is the most important part of us. Okay, when I went to school... Okay, I learned all about the, the mental part of me, and I learned all about the physical part of me, and I learned all about the emotional part of me, but I didn't learn anything in public school about the spiritual part of me. And the reality is that even even Christians, we, can, we don't realize that's the most important part of us. We think the physical is. That's why we spend you know, an hour in front of the mirror every day, or in the shower, you know, we, we, wanna, we want our body to look the best. How about our spirit? We think the emotional is more important, more important you know, how we feel. Friend, the spiritual part of us is the most important part for, for reasons. One, it's the relational part of us. You were created to be a relational person, a relational being. You were created in the image of God so that you could have a relationship with him. And so that you could have a relationship with the other people that God created. You're a relational person. That's that's the spiritual part of us. It's the eternal part of us. This past Wednesday, we say goodbye to my dad. The physical part. The physical body. That's not the most important part of him. He's with Jesus. That's the eternal part. And Jesus asked the question, and man, this this really ought to dig into our heart and our mind. He said, what good is it if you gain the whole world, but you lose your own soul? That's the important part. (laughs) Today, there will be tens of thousands of men who will color their hair, who will put on makeup, bold makeup, to cover their whole—they'll put on wigs. Why? Because they're football fanatics. They're going to the stadium— they will look like idiots, <laughs> right? Why? Because they 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 don't care if they look ridiculous. Why? Because they want the world to know they're a football fanatic for their team, right? What'd it be being about a fanatic for Jesus? something that really matters most people want just enough spirituality to get to heaven but not enough to identify us as a Jesus follower a lie that we believed even though it's a lie there's no truth to it a lie believed will affect us as if it is true because we'll act accordingly. And, and we'll be living out something that's not true. We'll be living out a lie. First couple of years I was in high school, uh, I just wanted to keep my identity a secret. That I was a Jesus follower. I didn't think people would like me. I didn't think people would think I was cool. I thought, boy, I won't have fun. Fortunately, I went to a life conference when I was 16. And uh, we had our, our uh, students still go to that today, every three years. It, it's a great thing. And there, I just came to realize how awesome God was. And, and I would have said that, God, God, you're the most important thing there is. If I wasn't living that way. But I asked, I asked God to help me to start living like that because i didn't want to live a lie anymore and i want to tell you after that the, the last two years of high school were the most thrilling and fulfilling and i, and I remember you know again uh, uh, one day uh, i was with i was on the track team and we were riding home on the bus and i don't know somebody asked me something about the bible or the lord or something like that and and I started talking about that some of the things in the Bible and and pretty soon like everybody 20 guys within hearing distance they were all listening and all asking questions and I got to tell them about the Lord we should want to be a Christ follower and we shouldn't let this world steal our identity as a follower of the king of kings and lord of lords what are the lies we're talking about these in this four weeks what are the lies that'll steal our identity as a child of god as a follower of jesus that'll rob us of the the joy and the fulfillment that god has for us uh, the first one but again, this is three weeks ago so i'm just going to repeat it or we'll just review it here the first deception we found in the third chapter of the bible okay it's right there and it's this i'd like to obey god i know i should obey god but i'm not sure god's totally loving and trustworthy you see satan came to adam and eve and he asked that subtle subtle question that had deadly consequences he said now did God say that you shouldn't eat of that tree there that wonderful beautiful tree right in the middle of the garden did did God say that and what was Satan doing he was accusing God of being unloving and wanting to keep them from having fun and wanting to keep them from finding true fulfillment and, and Satan said to him hey I know God said not to eat that, but nothing's bads going to happen if you disobey God. In fact, it's going to be really good for you. Now, was that true? No, it was a lie. But they believed it and they acted on it. And what happened? They suffered consequences they couldn't they never could have imagined the guilt, the then trying to hide from God, the the God that they purposely Uh, previously they just loved when he came down and walked with them and talked with them in the garden every day. They loved that. Now they're trying to hide from him because of the guilt and the shame. And, and, And now they start arguing with each other. They blamed each other for that. Now for the first time in their lives, they had conflict with each other. And then they had children. And what happened to the children? That one son killed another. Could they have imagined the consequences of believing and acting on that little lie? Friend, believing what's untrue can undo your life. Believing what's untrue can undo. When we let ourselves believe that God is not totally loving and trustworthy, then what are we going to do? We're going to do it our way instead of God's way. Because we think our way's got to be better. It won't. All right, today, the second Thing that the world uh, can convince us of is, well, you know, I'd like to grow spiritually. I, I'm talking to Christians here today. You came to church today. I'd like to grow spiritually. I'd like to do great things for God. I'd like to hear him say, well done. I'd like to be a great Christian. But you know, I can't because that's just the way I am. That's just the way I am. And you see, this, this stronghold in our life can affect the various areas of our life. Let's talk about different kinds of strongholds. One, it can be a financial stronghold. And I just want to ask you here today, because I'm afraid that some of you would feel this way. You, you feel like, boy, I'm just not good with money. I'm going to always be in debt. I'll never make enough. There'll never be enough. I can't budget. I can't save. I don't know what my future's going to I can't save. I can't give. God tells me to give. I can't. I don't have enough. I can't help somebody who's in need when I see them. You see, that that stronghold there will keep us from experiencing the joy of giving to God and helping other people Uh, Mike mentioned this morning Puerto Rico just got an email this morning we have 63 Alliance churches in Puerto Rico and many of them devastated we're going to find out I hope we can help them I hope we can help them see there's, there's fulfillment in being what God wants us to be and not having this financial stronghold which just cripples us god has given us principles so we don't have to be in bondage to finances if you haven't taken financial peace university that's a course we offer here. oh friend do it they're not going to buttonhole you and you know, make you show them your checkbook and all that. They're just going to teach you God's principles because God wants you to be free and he wants to bless you. But we can have a financial stronghold in our life. It cripples us. A relational stronghold. You know, there's some people who think, I can't have good relationships. There are single people who say, well, you know, I'd like to get married, but... I'll never be able to get married there are married people who say my marriage is, is going to stink forever I wish I wasn't married there are people who say I trusted people before and I got burned so I'm not going to do it again there are people who say uh, oh I just you know, I see that person over there and they look like boy they would really you know if I could just go over and meet them and encourage them they look like they really like that but I can't, I can't I can't meet people a relational stronghold we were created for relationships and maybe you have that stronghold to some degree in your life and and friend (laughs) Jesus gives us the weapons to set us free to demolish that stronghold maybe it's a habit a habitual stronghold a habit you know maybe it's you know you're just hooked on the lottery or Powerball or Sweepstakes or whatever, and I know you say, "Come on now, God, please give me this, because I'll tie." Then I know you say that. All right. For others, that habit could be porn, a a chemical, uh, alcohol, or drugs, or pain meds, or whatever. Others of us are addicted to food. I am. I have to ask God to help me (laughs) not to eat all I want to eat. Maybe you're addicted to Facebook. A lot of people are. Football. TV. You see, most of us, all of us, well, well, most of us, most of us probably have a habit. It's not good for us. It's not good for our relationships. It's not good for our, our uh, family, or whatever it might be. A habit that's a stronghold, and God wants to set us free. Maybe it's a mental stronghold. There are some people who say, hey, well, I, I, just, I just wake up grumpy in the morning. And most people who say that, it's, it's an all-day thing. It's not just the morning. <laughs> Come on, let's be honest. And people say, well, that's just the way I am. And then there are people who say, well, hey, I tell it like it is. And some people, you know, they can't handle me being honest. No, they can't handle you being hostile is what they can't handle. And what happens to people who say, well, that's just the way I am. See, that's the stronghold we're talking about. That's just the way I am. I can't change. That's not your identity. That's not who you are in Christ Jesus. See, if, if we say, well, that's just the way I am, then you're going to keep having con- conflicts. You're going to have them in your family. You're going to have them with fellow Christians. You know, why do so many people you know, leave churches, you know, just keep leaving churches? Conflicts. And that they leave a church and take the conflict with them to another church. See, a relational or a mental stronghold a spiritual stronghold this is the person who says you know I I know this I know I'm a, I'm a Christ follower and I should read God's Word I'm ga- I'm gonna do it and you do it for two days <laughs> but then you stop and it's like oh God I just can't do that or, or I can't pray God I don't I don't have time to pray or, or, well, I, I talk to God, but I, I can't pray with my family. I can't pray with my husband. I can't pray with my wife. I just, I, I just can't do that. That's not me. That's not the way I am. That's the way God wants to make you so that you can have the joy and the fellowship and so it can build your family and strengthen them. You know, and... and See, I hope we can just be honest with ourselves this morning. We all have strongholds. And and, uh, again, it's a subtle deception. We may not realize it or think about it. But see, it hinders us. And God doesn't want us hindered by those. Maybe it's a physical stronghold. Oh, I can't change. Again, maybe it's an addiction. We talked about that. Maybe it's worry. Jesus said, don't worry why because he's mad at you if you worry no because he knows how much he'll eat you away what the joy it'll just rob you of in your life for some it's work because that work is it, it comes before family it comes before the Lord so what is that That means it's our God. Hey, that's easy. Uh, Especially for us men. I know that. That can be a stronghold in our life. Those are the strongholds that we might have. And again, I'm not judging and accusing. I'm saying I have some of these. And I don't want them. And I want to use the weapons that God gives me to fight because that enemy will keep trying to take that stronghold back and there are going to be days I let them. And I need to use the weapons that Jesus Christ provides me and gives to me so they don't take hold of my life. So let's talk about the battle strategy for spiritual and eternal victory because that's what this is about. Let's go, let's go back and read those verses again. Verse 3, for though... We live in the world. We don't wage war, war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Let's talk about God's strategy for us. And the first thing is this. Realize that earthly weapons are useless against your eternal enemy. realize earthly weapons are useless against your eternal enemy what are earthly weapons good intentions i'm gonna try harder i'm gonna do it self-discipline now hey self-discipline is good (laughs) that's the fruit of the spirit self-control god wants us to have that but are you going to be strong enough in and of yourselves? No. Fighting the world, fighting the flesh, fighting the devil with earthly weapons is like fighting a nuclear army with water pistols. Realize that earthly weapons are not going to bring eternal victory. Two, put on the full armor of God. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. God says, listen child of god listen, my child put on every piece of the armor that i have provided for you and then you'll be able to resist the enemy of your soul in the time of evil and then after the battle you are going to be standing firm you're going to be victorious so what do you do put on the belt of truth see that's what we're talking about the world tells us lies satan tells us lies our feelings tell us lies here's truth god's revealed it to us put on the belt of truth put on the body armor of god's righteousness it's not our righteousness we're not righteous he is and we ask him for his righteousness to flood our lives for shoes put on the peace that comes from the good news hey friend You have good news. God's on your side. God loves you. God gave his son to die in your place. You have the good news. And that brings peace to our life. in in addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith. Because that, that wards off, that fights the fiery arrows of the devil when you put your faith in God. Put on salvation as your helmet. Hey, the fact that we have a gift from God salvation god has forgiven us of all our sins the ones we've already committed and the ones we're going to commit we put on the helmet of salvation and we live that out we take up the sword of the spirit which is the word of god here's our truth and we pray in the spirit at all times all day every situation you're talking to god god what do i need to do god help me here on every occasion put on the full armor of God that's the armor those are the weapons that God has given to us to fight this spiritual eternal battle third serve your commander in chief because he's the one that can demolish strongholds that's verse 5 Paul writes to those believers and to us he says we demolish those false arguments those untruths we demolish every pretension that self sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Your commander-in-chief, he'll help you discern those lies that you hear and demolish them. Number four, we capture our own wrong thoughts. Now, friend, that's really important. Because if you're thinking something is true, right? If you're thinking something, you're gonna think it's true. It's your opinion, okay? You're gonna think, hey, that's what's true, okay? But again, what's a deception? We don't know. We're deceived. We don't know that we bought into a lie. We realize that none of us are right about everything. Except God. And that's why we go to him. We capture our own wrong thoughts, verse five, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. God says, capture that thought. Every day you're gonna hear spiritual lies. What's God tells us to do? Take it captive. Make it obedient to Christ. Don't allow those those thoughts that are contrary to God's word to continue to live in your mind. If someone's taken captive, what's happened? They're locked up so that they can't do what they want anymore. When we think things that are contrary to God's word, we capture that. We lock those thoughts away and that we have to go to number five because, see, you capture your own wrong thoughts and you can't have a vacuum in your mind. You can't stop thinking. Now, I know that you've accused your husband or wife of not thinking, but no, that's, that's impossible. If you're, if you're alive, you're thinking, okay? You capture your wrong thoughts and then you have to replace their wrong thoughts with God's truth. That's, that's what God tells us in Philippians 4.8. That instead of filling our mind with untruths that we hear on TV and Facebook and uh, whatever, we fill our mind with God's truth. Philippians 4.8, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is of God, Okay. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about those things, okay? There's only one way we can think about them. If we read them, if we meditate on them, if we talk about them, if we fellowship with each other and share them. You see, we spend all kinds of time listening to the world. You, you You can't stop it. It's on every TV, it's in every uh, book or magazine, it's on every screen, it's in every water cooler conversation. We spend hours a day hearing untruths. How much time are we going to spend taking in God's truth? Number six don't go AWOL. Don't desert the army of God, the body of Christ. Some people, Hebrews 10, have gotten out of the habit of meeting for worship. But we must do that. We must, because we should keep on encouraging each other, especially since you know that the day of the Lord's coming is getting closer. How many of you feel like the day of the Lord's coming is getting closer. I mean, what's going on in our world? And and friend, I can prove to you that the day of the Lord's coming is closer than it was yesterday. (laughs) It's closer. And, 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 And Christians are under attack. God's God's word, God's truth is under attack. It's regarded as foolish and outdated and old-fashioned and and even hateful and all those things. We need to encourage each other. And, And, you know, a lot of Christians feel like, well, you know, attendance is that, you know, that's not necessary or important. What if our military, we're in the army of God, but what if our United States military did that? What if they were if the soldiers reported for duty, if they felt like it. Or if they didn't have something else to do that day. No, friend, they report for duty every day because we have enemies that want to destroy our country, right? Well, friend, you have an enemy that wants to destroy your soul. God didn't design us to live alone he created us for relationships he created us to encourage and strengthen each other he encourages us to reach our world together as the body of Christ don't go AWOL number seven fight the good fight the God fight that's the good fight that's the only one that's really worth it fight the good fight and win I love Colossians 1.29. Paul said, listen, that's my goal. I, hey, I, Paul used to live for the world. He was living for power and prestige and, and uh, wealth and everything else. And he was on the fast track to being the most powerful person in his nation. And he would have probably gotten there and then he met Jesus and he realized man I was living for the wrong thing that stuff doesn't matter one day I'm going to be in a grave and that stuff will be of absolutely no value at all I want to live for something that matters, I want to live for the one who created me, I want to live for Jesus Christ who died on a cross for me and is coming back for me that's what I want to live for what did he say how he lives his life to this end for those things i labor i work i struggle i like this i struggle with all whose energy with all the energy of jesus christ himself i struggle with all his energy i'm fighting the fight but i'm fighting it with his strength which so powerfully works in me it's the dunamis of god you know we're hearing about the power of nuclear weapons aren't we they're powerful they don't compare with the power of god power of nuclear weapons they they destroy life the power of god creates life enhances life fulfills life it is life Friend, this, 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 is a belief, this is a belief of mine. We're Christians, okay? Most of us have accepted Jesus Christ as our savior. So, some of you are not. I'm sorry, and and I'm I'm so glad you're here today. If you're checking out Jesus, if you're really on a spiritual journey and and trying to decide, that's that's what God wants you to do. But it's my belief that every every one of us here have strongholds. Those things that. Uh, Um, the lies can creep in, the feelings can creep in. Feelings, how powerful are they? There are going to be days that you don't believe that God really loves you and is really working in your life. Yeah. You're going to have those days. Every Christian does. Because of the attack of the enemy on our heart and on our mind. Is that true that God doesn't love you? Is it true that even though he sent his son to die in your place, that somehow he's changed his mind about you now? And he doesn't love you anymore like he used to? God loves you. God loves you. We all have strongholds. And it's not going to work if we say, well, I'm going to try to do better (laughs) because that's the weapon those are earthly weapons we need the dunamis of God we need Jesus Christ and see there are two extremes that we can kind of fall onto in in this one extreme is the the Christian who says hey it's all of God God's sovereign (laughs) it's all his power If he wants me to be victorious, he'll make me victorious. It's all God. The other part is I've got to do it. It's me. No, it's not all him or it's not all me. It's all us. It's God all for us and I all for God. And what he wants to do in my life. It's his work. And it's me working to do his work. And what he tells me to do. That's, that's when we're using those weapons. It's us calling on him. It's his power working as we work with him. And friend. We all have strongholds. Well let today. Be a day when you let the Lord Jesus Christ demolish one of those. Let today be a day that whatever the kinds of strongholds we talked about or maybe you have one we haven't talked about, why don't you let today be a day that you let Jesus Christ in to your life and let him demolish that stronghold to set you free so that You are not bound by that. You're not restricted by that anymore. So friend, the question here today is this. What is the that's just the way I am thing that's keeping you from becoming a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ? What is it? What is the that's just the way I am thing in your life that Jesus can set you free. Is it anger? Unresolved conflicts? No time for prayer? Whatever. whatever. All the stuff we talked about. What is it? Jesus wants to set you free. What's, What's your next step? What's the, what's Jesus is going to tell you to do something today. Will you do it? The one stronghold that you will let God demolish today. Let's pray. Oh, God, you warn us of the dangers. (laughs) You, You tell us clearly that we're in a battle. Life is not a playground. It's a battleground. We have enemies. We have enemies of our soul that want to destroy us. And you love us too much to let us be destroyed. You love us so much, you gave us these these weapons, prayer, faith, the body of Christ, your word, truth. You gave us weapons, God. Help us to use them us to use them and not fight those battles with with earthly weapons that are useless in the spiritual and eternal struggle friend what's your stronghold what's your stronghold that you're struggling with today can I pray for you I'm I'm praying for myself but I don't want to be self can I pray for you too that whatever God's spoken to you about today that you'd like to be free you just trust God Any who would like for me to pray I'm not going to c- pray for you by name but just raise your hand because I want to include you in this prayer the prayer for me and the prayer for you God you see us we're needy we don't want these strongholds we don't want Satan or the world to, or the sinful nature in those strongholds we want you there dear father And would you come, would you come, dear Lord, into our lives? Maybe you've never accepted the Lord as your Savior. Today's the day. That's the first stronghold. If if you're not, if you don't belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, you belong to somebody else. If you're not following Jesus, you're following someone else. You're following the world or the devil. Follow him today. Follow him today. And dear father i want to praise you i want to praise you that you demolish those strongholds when we cry out to you and when we when we cry out for your dunamis your your amazing unlimited eternal power to demolish those strongholds and to set us free oh father we praise you we praise the father we praise the son you're the sovereign god you're the matchless king god We praise you today that this is your love for us and this is what you're going to do in our lives as we trust you. And we thank you. In Jesus' name.